Amen. What great music today. <laughs> really, I enjoy I go to lots of different church services. And I have to tell you, there are some I like better than others. But I love the music here today. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it very much. I'm Steve McElroy, as Steve Evans said, and I appreciate the opportunity to come and preach to you today. Uh, this is why I got into ministry, to preach. And they took all my churches away from me, so I can't preach in them. But then they gave me 56 more churches. My district goes, or our district goes, from the Arizona border, southern New Mexico, to the uh, middle of Odessa area. And I have 56 churches and 47 pastors. So I keep busy. That's why you don't see me a lot. Really, it's always good if you don't see me much. Because there are churches that get to see me a lot. And that's not always good. Anyway, thank you for welcoming me and letting me be a part of your worship today. The scripture I want to preach from is not the one printed in the bulletin. Uh, this one is, well, pretty short. And I think you'll know it. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to give you a hint as to what we're going to talk about today. And I don't preach a long time, I promise. We're going to talk about grace, and we're going to talk about heaven. Because, you see, those two tie in. And we're about to start Lent. And so I just thought this might be something good as you segue into Lent. When I was a single pastor, the church I was at, they had two large Sunday school classes, and they decided they wanted to have a Saturday afternoon slash evening picnic. And so what they said was, we'll come at 4.30, we will play and have games and have fellowship, and then we'll eat after that. And they said, you bring your own picnic lunch or picnic dinner, and we'll provide the drinks. And they invited me. So I, I had plans, you see, to go to the store and get some things that I could eat. But I had a lot of things that week, and I had a funeral that Saturday afternoon. And by the time I got through with the funeral and the graveside service and got home, it was 4.30 then. So I quickly changed out of my suit into comfortable clothes, and then I went into the kitchen to see if I could find something to put together. And so 
went in and, and grabbed the bread. And I pulled out two pieces of bread, looked at them. They looked like wheat bread when I really thought I'd gotten white bread, okay? Now, I'll tell you, Kathy, if I'd been married to her, no way this would have happened. She throws out lots of my food right now. So I got to the refrigerator, pulled out the bologna. I looked at the bologna. It still looked like bologna, even though it was crinkling up on the sides. Got the cheese out. I was lucky there because it was those individually wrapped cheese slices. I got my ever-present mustard, and I made my sandwich. Got me two pickles, put it in a sack, and off to the picnic I went. Well, I got there and had fun, played volleyball, chased the kids, talked to the adults, and then it was time to eat. Since I'm the paid professional holy man, they asked me if I would pray for the food, which I did. And then I went and sat down at this picnic table. And a young family of five came and they sat down around me. It was mom and dad and the three kids. Nice family. They brought two picnic baskets. She set it up there, set them up there, and started bringing out food. Fried chicken, baked beans, potato salad, rolls. And folks, two of the most delicious-looking chocolate pies I'd ever seen in my life. So I got out my bologna sandwich. She looked at my bologna sandwich, looked at me, and she said, You know, since we're sitting here together, I think we just ought to eat together. And she said, you know, we've got enough fried chicken, baked beans, potato salad, rolls. And I don't know if you've noticed those two huge homemade chocolate pies. Mm, I had. And I drooled. And I mumbled, oh, no, I can't do that. And she said, you know, why not? She said, let's just put it all together. Put your bologna sandwich out there on the table. Who knows? Maybe someone would like to have a bologna sandwich. And let's just enjoy together. And I did. You see, I ate like a king when I came like a pauper. I think amazing grace is a lot like that. You see, we bring our minuscule, our tiny. God brings His great abundance. And in His amazing grace, God says, let's put it all together. And that way, you are a part of the kingdom of heaven. Now I realize that's a pretty simplistic way to look at grace. But you know what? I think grace is pretty simple. Grace is a gift. It's a gift from God to us. And all we have to do is accept it and receive it.
thank God. God touches us with His grace every day. Every day in this world, we are touched. In fact, we live over the umbrella of God's grace in this life, in this world. And the day will come when it's our time, our time, and we will die. And because of God's amazing grace, God grants us heaven. Now, I'm going to remind you of something you already know. No one gets to heaven because they're good enough. You know why? Because no one's good enough. You remember the thief on the cross who was next to Jesus? He was a criminal. He certainly was not good enough. So, when Jesus promised him, Truly I say to you, this day you shall be with me in paradise. It was not a reward for a good life lived. Rather, it was the gift of grace offered to a beggar who did not deserve it. Congregation, that's us. We don't deserve God's grace, but it's a gift. And along with it comes heaven. We don't know much about heaven. We really don't. We do know a few things. In the 14th chapter of John's Gospel, Jesus says, In my Father's house there are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. I go to prepare a place for you. A place. I like that word. Place. I like it. Mm. Speaks to me. I want a place. Some years ago, I had the opportunity to see a house that was constructed and provided by volunteers of Habitat for humanity. I was also there when they brought the family that they had chosen to have the house, to inhabit the house. It was a mom and her three children. They'd been homeless for a year and a half, well homeless. They lived in a car. So, they got out of the car, and they just stood there. The mom and the three kids just stood there and looked at this house. And the people said, come on in. We want you to see your home. And so they did. They went in, and of course the kids immediately just took off. And you could hear them down the hall saying, this is my room. No, 
This is my room. I saw it first. It's my room. And the mother was just standing there in the living room, looking into the kitchen and in the little dining room, just looking. And about that time, the children came roaring back. And they were saying, Mama, Mama, is this ours? Is this our home, Mama? And she said, yes, this is ours. This is our home. And then you just looked, at, and all of a sudden her eyes just went somewhere. Her face went somewhere. And she said more to herself than anyone in that room, this is my home. This is my place in the world. It was a place. Call it heaven. Call it eternal life. Call it everlasting life. Call it paradise. Call it whatever you want. It's there. And Jesus said, I go to prepare a what congregation? A place. I go to prepare a place for you. It is our place, folks. Our place in God's eternal kingdom. I had the privilege of pastoring at Grace Alamogordo a long time ago. There was a guy there named Billy. I just loved Billy. Billy was a man who was very hopeful. He loved life to the fullest. Billy was one of the most loving men that I know of. Billy overcame an addiction to alcohol, and he fought through and won two bouts with cancer. One day, Billy came into my office, and Billy said, My cancer's back. And it's back with a vengeance. Well, he tried the chemo and everything else, and it didn't work. Billy got weaker. I would go by and see him a couple of times a week. Billy and I were just close. Finally, Billy got to where he couldn't leave the house. And then Billy got to where they had to put a hospital bed in the living room. And I remember one evening I'd finished with the meeting at the church. It was about 8.30. And I went over to Billy's house. They just told me, don't even knock on the door anymore. Just come in. So I did. I went in. There was Billy. I sat down. We talked a little bit. I could tell he was tired. We prayed together. And I got up to leave. And this is the conversation we had. Very short conversation. As I stood up, he said, He's coming. And I said, who's coming, Billy? And he said, Jesus is coming for me. And I said, 
when is he coming? And he said, he's coming tonight. Are you afraid? And he said, no. I've been waiting for this for over a month. I went home, thought about our conversation. 5.30 the next morning, I got a call from his daughter who was on my staff. Jesus had come that night and had taken Billy home. What was it David said? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. One more thing, and we're through. Now, what I'm about to tell you is just what I feel. This is just my own feeling. I couldn't give you scriptures for it. So I'm just telling you up front, this is a Steve McElroy. From my experience in ministry of 41 years, I believe that God is the God of both sides of the grave. I believe He's the God on this side of the grave, and I believe He's the God of the other side of the grave. And I want to share with you something that I think happens thousands of times in our Christian community. I'm going to call her Alice. Alice is in her 80s, maybe 90s. Alice was a loving person, had many children. Alice just was a person that was a giver. Alice was dying. Alice was in a hospital bed. Alice was in a coma. Alice had her family around her. Some were sitting. Some were standing. One was holding her hand. Her family was there to love her and to support her and to protect her at a point when she was extremely vulnerable. At the very same time, in God's heaven, suddenly people start coming together. People whom Alice had known and had loved. People who had loved Alice but had gone before her. And they began to come together, waiting. And then down in heaven and in earth, in that room, someone in, in whatever language they want to use, but it went something like this. 
That's it. She's gone. And a heartbeat later, someone in heaven who is waiting for Alice says, Ah, yes. Here she comes. I believe that sometime in the future, God will right the wrongs of this world. I believe that sometime in the future, God will wipe the tears from our eyes. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth. And I believe when we accept Jesus and live out the will of God in our lives, we will live life as God intended it to be lived. Life here. And life forever. Oh God, You are our God. No matter where we are, we might be in this world, we might be in heaven, but You are our God. And You have given to us, through Your love and through the cross, the gift of grace. And in the gift of grace, we have the gift of heaven and everlasting life. Oh God, let us never forget what we have been given by You. In the name of Jesus. Amen.